say, hey, you've all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, tossing and turning, you know, thinking, feeling, sensing, uh, outside noises, change in routine, whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm going to try to take your mind off them. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. Or we talked about last week, like stupor power meanders, stupor powered me, super powered, stupor powers. Uh, but, 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 they, but what that basically means is I'm going to try to take your mind off of stuff. Uh, I've got these creaky dulcet tones. I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. In the safe places where I send my voice across the deep dark night to, to, to try to scorch you or distract you as you float across the, the threshold from wake to sleep. Now, if you're new here, you might be saying, okay, wait a second, I'm sorry, what? This is a super-powered super show? No, this is a blowing, soothing podcast. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a bedtime story for grown-ups. And what I'm going to do is, uh, well, tonight we're going to talk about Metastas News, which is the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. You say, I'm sorry, you say, I'm sorry what? This is a sleep podcast about the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. Well, yeah, tonight's episode, that, that is what it's about. But first, I'm going to have, you know, a long intro where I kind of just say, well, okay, let me talk about, uh, like, uh, I don't know, usually I try to make a metaphor about what the podcast is, but I haven't thought of it yet. So so I'm going to try to talk while I'm thinking. We don't I don't recommend any of this. Except if you're trying to put, even if you're put, trying to put people to sleep, uh, it's just a method I've perfected. But uh, so we're gonna. I'm gonna do the intro. Then I'll talk about. Uh, I'll do it like so. The Colombian version of Breaking Bad. I watched that twice, and then I watched the ver- like the uh, regular English language version of Breaking Bad. I take a ton of notes, and I say, well, okay, th- this person had this kind of shirt on. I notice these dolls in the background of one of the scenes. And they said, well, geez, that person had a cross look on their face. So I might take, take some, they'd say, well, that's interesting. So the segments on the show will go, uh, first, I, I also look up all the Spanish language words. Believe it or not, I, don't, I mean, I think you could tell I barely can speak English, but I don't speak Spanish. I'm trying to learn. So as I watch the, the, the second time Metastas News, I take notes and I say, okay, what was that Spanish language word? And then later I look it up. So I'm going to make a story up with some of the Spanish language words I looked up. It isn't to make fun of Spanish or anything. It's just my terrible pronunciation. And I found it's a pretty effective way to kind of make up silly stories because uh, I say, okay, uh, babotas, that's what I am. If, you, if you're looking for a Spanish word to describe me, I'm a babota. It's a nonsense maker. I think, you know, I believe it. Like I said, I'm learning. 
Uh, but okay, if you're new here, fair question. Why would I? Why do I make a po- boring podcast? What what am, what am I doing? Well, you know, I've had trouble sleeping, and I was always curious. Like, oh, geez, would a bedtime story for grown-ups work? And what would it be like? Do other people want their mind? Does somebody take their mind off of stuff? And you, you say, well, that doesn't sound too bad. Tell me more. And I said, well, that's what I'm doing, uh, brain. Actually, I'm telling the listeners more. But so, so I had a lot of trouble sleeping as a kid. And I said, well, just like, wouldn't it be nice to be distracted? And then I thought about it as an adult. Like, wouldn't adults want a little bedtime story? Like someone to. Come tell you a bedtime story, but then you kind of think of as adults, there's like a, like obligations and these social, I think they're called, I always think of more, more eels when I, is it social mores or social mores? And they think is it morals? And they say, well, the moral of the story, then I start thinking about that. Uh, whenever I hear the moral of the story, I always think about the one with the bird in the facts, uh, which I think all those stories are based on. But I think it's the one with the pitcher, and I think you put rocks in the pitcher to drink from it. I don't know if that's the facts. I think the bird just put his beak in there and said, well, I'll drink from this pitcher. And I thought, who is this poor human that left this pitcher out? Like, And they said, well, you know, they didn't put a cover on it, so now they're going to get bird germs and maybe uh, fox germs. But anyway, oh boy, I'm off, oh boy, I'm off subject once again. I've gone off subject. So, what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna tell you a bedtime story. Oh, I'm trying to win over your trust. Oh man, it's not going so well. And explain what the podcast is. Oh boy, oh boy, I did, I did it again. I get lost in my meanders, almost like a. Like one of those, blo- you ever see one of those homemade leaf blowers with the toilet paper? Don't give me one of those because that's kind of how my brain works anyway. They're fascinating. I think, I, I think that they, uh, I don't know, I think the days of the gasoline-powered leaf blower are numbered. So people are kind of like, well, I don't need you leaf-blowing toilet paper. But I think you, you could still find a few places where they do do that. And it makes a big mess, but you get toilet paper, and they say, oh, this is fun for about five minutes. And, you know, I say, oh, I got distracted. That's how it is for me. I say, oh, look, some caught in my own brain-related toilet paper. Clean. Don't worry. Clean and unused, you know. Waste of paper, except it's imaginary in my case. But here's the deal. I'm going to try to take your mind off stuff. I'm going to use the blowing, soothing tones. The, oh, the reason I do it is because I was curious. I said, well, geez. Like, is there is some people, as as I made the show, I was always thinking, like, are people lying in bed like me thinking with the brain bots is what I call them. They say you got all these little bots moving around in your brain, like droids, like BB-8, who I mistakenly call BB-88 a lot of the time. I guess that would be part of a BB-8 punchline. BB-8, knock-knock, who's there? BB-8, who? BB-8, 8. BB-88, you need a joke in there, but, you know, it'd have to do with BB-88 eating something. So, obviously, I'm not a joke crafter, so that that eliminated that for me. So, I said, well, maybe I could do, maybe I could use my mild form of humor 
uh, to take people's mind off stuff. Say maybe maybe they'll feel comfortable. They might not laugh, but they might say, "Hey, well, Jesus, this isn't so bad." Uh, I don't really know what this guy's talking about, but it's preferable to my thinking, or my aching feet, or my snoring partner, or the friggin' the fact that I'm traveling for work or so family stuff, or the you know the noises that are keeping me awake. So that's what the bar I set for myself is: can I be more preferable to those things? And yes, I've dared to dream. And I found out, you know, not for everybody. So some of you might be listening and you say, I loathe you. And I say, okay, well, I accept that. You know, I'm trying to make a sleep podcast and it might not help you fall asleep. I'd say give it a few tries, but I can accept your loathing. It's, it's, I'm comfortable with it. And if this podcast doesn't help you fall asleep, I do hope you find something that does. Um, let's see, what are the other, what are the other uh, incomprehensible points about this podcast I'm going to try to make here in the next few minutes? So, uh, so, so I guess my, my, my wondering said, well, would that, could that be something to put adults to sleep? Now, I know if you're fi- trying to follow me, say, okay, what, what are you talking about? What, so I was going to make, I thought if I ramble and then, but it's a bedtime story, or in this case, it's just the intro part. And I'm slightly, you know, humor-like or humor-adjacent and nice. I say, hey, I'm, I'm your boyfriend. I'm here to take your mind off stuff. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, you don't need to listen to me. You're under no pressure or obligation to pay attention, to remember what I say, to be enthralled or entertained. I just want to take your mind off stuff, just like a friend or a neighbor or a, a romantic partner I don't know if a, any business partners. I don't know if that should be a part of a business partnership bedtime stories. Unless it's like a corporate team building retreat where you have bunk beds. And then I don't know if that we, we could get that where the C, even the CEO and the C, now Now I'm going to be on their bad list. But, you know, get the CEO and the CFO in there in the bunk beds in the bunk houses too. I don't know, that's starting to sound a little bit too like a modern-day Lord of the Flies. So forget I said any of that stuff. You probably will. You'd be like, did did Scooter say he's starting a summer camp? Well, it's autumn, dear. I don't know what he was talking about last night. I think he was trying to explain how the podcast works, and it wasn't going so well. Oh, Scooter, that guy... So uh, I guess my point is I thought, I said, geez, do adults want bedtime stories? I guess that's what it took me eight minutes to say. And I said, I wouldn't mind a bedtime story. And I like telling stories. And most of my stories, I tend to be a rambler and they tend to go on and on and they tend to lack coherency. They have a basic plot, but they, you know, so I said, well, maybe maybe I'm the man to do it. And I undertook a three-year process uh, that I said, well, the, the podcast was slowly refined to, to the point that you're hearing right now. So who knows, in six years from now, you know, it may be over-refined. And you say, well, that's like, you know, that sugar that we don't like or whatever, the refined stuff. So usually the intros go a little bit smoother than this, but the, here's what I'm trying to say. This bike is meant to take your mind off stuff. You, you don't need to take it seriously. You can listen to me until you drift off. I'm going to try to be, you know, semi-entertaining and stuff. And if you can't sleep, I'll be here for an hour giving it my all. 
to be there for you in the deep dark night, to be your friend in the deep dark night, because I've lied there, shifting and moving and adjusting and staring at the ceiling and trying to breathe and trying to get decide to get out of bed, or go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, don't do that, make tea, don't do that, get out of bed and read, and, you know, all those trying to make those decisions and then just the, the, the feelings you get that go along with all that. So if I can make the bedtime less uh, uh, like that, like that, uh, where you say, hey, this is my boyfriend there. He's going to goof around for a bit. I'm going to fall asleep. You know, talk about talk about an easy relationship. He doesn't. He's not even there, so he can't leave any crumbs behind, or forget to do anything. I see. That's the deal. That's that's the deal here. And it's really my honor to do so because, like I said, I've been through it. So if I can help you get to sleep or to be there for you when you can't or to make you dread bedtime less, then I'm doing my job. And I realize if you're new, this sounds pretty wacky. And if you're skeptical, it totally makes 100% of sense, you know, 110%. Because this doesn't, you know, the podcast is a counterintuitive thing, even to me, the maker. But my main message is always, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time, and I really hope I really yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. Right, this is a story from episode 59 about Sakar, about taking vapores, taking vapors. Uh, and you'd say, I'm sorry, what do you say? Well, mental, you know what mental is, right? Uh, well, I had a, I actually had a sobrino nephew named mental his hair, his hair was color azul, but blue is the sea. And I can hear you saying, Scoots, are you talking estoy loca or crazy talk, or is this a, a myth again? And they say, you figure out who's talking, because then the call came from above. They said, esta mercanacia no bedebria ser azul. This commodity should not be blue. And again, the thunderclouds sang out Alcanzamos una pereza. We've reached a purity, e n s o lo felicito, that I congratulate. But they said, This nephew, this child, pero no esta el color is not the color of our marca, of our brand. And they asked, they said, get done, give the, the, give the kid, you know, the uh, azulito, azulito, the little blue to, to me. And then it called down and said, usted es el chef. They said, no, actually, I'm his uncle. And believe it or not, I'm not the chef, uh, I'm just the uncle. Uh, pero si de la de la luz uh, forma correcta, but if you can get the light the right way, uh, podría ser, it could be that, uh, azulado, it's blue, his hair's bluish, it's not a blue aquamarina, it's more of an aquamarine, so, is that still ba ba bad for these Greek and Roman brands or whatever, Zeus? And then Zeus, or whoever it was, said, Astan Segos, okay, at Char Charlie, 
are you blind or what? I'm going to throw, you know, and it's throw. I said, what are you, thunderbolt? You're going to thunderbolt me this early in the story? And then there's this colorante monton, the dialogue on your heifer. And I said, okay, hmm. He said, just stay away from my cabeza. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so then I swept up my nephew, and you see, because this will be why it's my nephew's a vapor. Clearly, you get it already. And when I ran, you know, because I was a Greek god in this story, uh, Camo, I was burning, you know. I ran like like AI, like Flash, but like different because I'm not a Flash fan. And as I read, ran, and as in all the Greek myths, I say, no, I taught the young lad uh, exogen, you know, the required uh, Maneras ways. Uh, and I said, Confio, I trust in you. And I said, Gagagugu? And I said, your hair's blue. You know, we need to squirrel you away. A visa, war-. you know, so I went out to one of those islands, uh, None of the ones with, like, the uh, beautiful, uh, you know, singers or the, you know, this was a, a Stark, uh, Stark Island run, run by originally ancestors of Tony Stark, believe it or not. And they, they said, well, what kind of, you know, what, what's up with this kid other than the blue hair? And they said, that's up to you, Dr. Stark. And he said, I can tell he's Sindelore without pain, this child. And I said, and don't say so. And they said, well, there's a certain beleza, beauty, when you see the world, uh, sin dolore. And I said, well, if this kid spends enough time with me, I, I could point out plenty of the pains of the seeing the world, uh, believe me. Uh, like uh, Serica la rata, it's like, what about rats, you know? The kid sees the beauty in rats without the pain of thinking, oh, I don't like those things. And uh, Dr. Uh, Stark said, Polato un idea. Have you peeled an idea lately? Uh, Qual Polato hombre? Who stripped you of your powers? And I said, no one. I ran here really fast. Uh, and I said, Dice El Genio. What says the genius here on uh, Stark Island? Because uh, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna leave Stark Island. Rastor Porahi, like keep the baby in Serata. You know the baby. Keep the baby here. Uh, Avaro La Plata. I'll wander the world a miser uh, without plot, without money. And uh, like what I'll do is I'll color my hair blue. And he said, Do you have anything then to make me look like a young man? And Dr. Stark sighed and said, well, for some people maybe, but not you. And they said, I'll walk the earth, Aslato Cato. They said, you could see the blue hair, you know, made me prematurely grouchy. Well, you keep the child here, you know, maybe train it with some, no robotic stuff. You know, this is a, a demigod. And they said, you know, Ledigo Unicosa, I'll, I'll say one thing. I'll be the blue haired child just between you and me. And Dr. Stark, Toko Dehar, touched my heart and said, leave. And they said, Mirame, watch me. Wander the world in Osco, disgust, you know, where the world sees me with my blue hair. 
and I'll wait the day, you know, Turno Hermano. This is the irony. My brother, you know, turns against me, my brother Zeus. And I'll have Pacencia, you know, patience. Uh, and I'll wonder, Cadrine, what I'll do, what should I do? Tambien uh, diga and say when Zeus shows up to say, you know, oh, you're the kid with the blue hair. So then I went to, I said, well, maybe I should put, I should, and then Dr. Stark said, don't worry, I, 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 I got your, like, uh, I don't know, Dr. Stark did some magic, so I looked a little bit like a kid and not me. And then I said, uh, I started just pretending I was, I said, well, pues no lo dice, it does not say that no earth people should not have blue hair, but I say none of you shall, because I shall be the only one to wander the earth with blue hair. Encargaro sea usted, or else you... And they said, whence did you get this blue hair? I said, nasi ayer, I was born yesterday. And the blue hair brought me the wisdom of a thousand years. My youth case, Iba Pensame, Ahaya Ido, it was gone, and I bid no condolences to it. Uh, but I cannot, and this is what I think in my head, no, no de Ghana, Hermano, I can't let my brother win. But I, you know, Veran, Vendido and Radair, I sold an entanglement to the earthlings because they said anyone that gets their hair turned blue. Obey de se trata will be do some treatment, you know. So everyone escondido, they started coloring their hair and you know, hidden thing, hiding it because I told them they couldn't. And I walked to yours and I played dumb. I said, Yo no sabi, I didn't know there was anybody, uh, like with uh, blue hair because it was escondida tan raro, so rare. And then I thought, well, we need more blue hair because these people are hiding it because they're afraid of me. So then I got some canecas uh, hasta la tope. I took some cans up to the top of Mount Olympus. Uh, uh, barril azules, uh, como en galones, gallons of, you know, mystical. Issues blue milk. I went to one of the blue islands with one of the goddesses there. And I said, can I get, does this blue, this blue milk dye hair? And she said, not only will it dye hair, it'll make it, you know, so luxurious. Uh, and I said, what island is this? And she said, well, one day this will be the VO5 Hot Oil Isles. And I said, oh boy, I'd like to come back. And she said, no, 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 but just take this. This is, this, this no one wants, you know, when it's VO5 Hot Oil Isles, no one will want blue hair. So go ahead and take this blue hair dye. And, uh, like, I, I pretended to autopista de mi tío. I was my uncle's highway. That's what I, I pretended, which doesn't make any less sense. I just built a road up to the top of Mount Olympus to get this blue dye up there. Now, you might wonder where Zeus was. He was out with Earth, you know, he was out doing his Zeus's business, you know. And, but I, I prepped to die every person on earth, entrega arena una pala, with a grittiness to deliver a shovel load of blue hair dye to every earth person. And I started throwing it na down uh, tierra arena algo a sea, something like sand land. And I say, I'm sorry, what? 
but everyone was running around Earth saying, Esta libre afuera quitarle. Like, this is free, this hair dye that's turned my hair blue, but I can't remove it. And, you know, all lunacy kind of rompe broke loose. Uh, it was realmente mismo rapido. It was really very fast. But there was also the side effect I didn't realize, which was that uh, no haya dolor el ejemplo. There was no pain. Like, it wasn't a godlike power that my nephew had. It was the blue hair. So then I left Mount Olympus and returned to Earth, Sali. And everyone on Earth was saying, Syrian Kulor Azul Page Suma. They'd pay any sum, you know, to uh, a Terrello, like lure the um, blue off their head. And I said, no, 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 Ving Verguenza. Uh, you'll, you know, you, you don't want the shame of being the only person without blue hair and pain. You don't want to return to the pain of Earth. But without the pain, you know, of living, all the gods, they suddenly lost their powers, you know, hint, hint. So, Danto, there was so much trouble. Everyone was lost. Perdido, the humans were lost because they were too happy. And the gods were lost because they lost their power. And it was just a matter of time before every year ago, you know, that was found out in... Uh, so then I got rid of my blue hair, and then people said, Tonta Tipo uh, uh, Dudas, they were asking me such silly questions, like, how would you get rid of your blue hair? And I said, well, for a couple things. Cosas Casa, you got some things to do. I said, Despedite, you know, say goodbye to the pleasant life you've been living for the past five minutes. Uh, and I said, Esta Hecho, it's done, you know, uh, uh, pendiente sin dolor lejos. There will be slopes, you know, the slopes without pain will go away. And, you know, rendir facil sucio una pala will be e as easy as paying with a dirty shovel, which is impossible. And they said, well, how do you plan on doing it? I said, sus vueltas, I'll put your hair in your lap. And they said, what? And I said, well, shave your head. It's just hair dye. And as I took the blue hair off of the heads of everyone, it was una dia brillante. It was a bright day, mostly just for the gods, because then they got their powers back. And, you know, even the Stark shaved the head of my nephew, but I had Marca Magino Mantina, Manita, like a little imaginary mark on my nephew's hand, as a recibo, receipt, you know, so I could, uh, so I went back to Stark Island me and my nephew ran Vueltas para Cien a hundred laps, and uh, I told my nephew, listen, you know, you don't have any powers. When your blue hair grows back, you will. But remember, riesgos brillante cojones. Risks are like bright cushions. Uh, Reguero guardos. You know, I've saved the trail. But escondido tendiendo estupida chaleco. You know, the, the the trying to find a life without pain is, is about, about as easy as finding a hidden, trending, uh, stupid vest. And my uh, nephew said, well, that's a alguna novedad. That's something new. And he said, look at la foto. Look at this photo. And Contar, sing. And my nephew said, I don't sing. 
And I said, well, Kogarme, you know, don't hang your head. Uh, Paulos, we're going to take some sticks and we're going to go and point at the gods and tell them that bien bonita quieta, things are still pretty good because they know that I returned their power to them. Uh, Moriendo afectando, because the blue was making their power, they were losing it, it was affecting them. So, Tokar Tema, the touching theme, nephew, of this is that, uh, lo siento mucho, I'm sorry to be a manipulador, you know. But, uh, you know, de mi lado savarle, to save my side, which you are my side, nephew. You were born out of my Oh, no, I'm your uncle. Forgot about that. Manos arriba, put your hands up and shake them like you just don't make them. And you look at your hair's growing again. So now you're, you're uh, uh, quieto dedos. You still have every finger. Now put your hands para atrás rodillas on the backs of your knees. And then stop my nephew from crying because he was still a baby. None of that other made the stuff made sense to him. And then Latome, I took my nephew back uh, to, 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 to whoever I was related, you know, whatever. You know, these guide relationships are confusing. And uh, Como Reina Asados, like as someone who roasts sand, Pierre de La Plata, the silver was lost. And I said to Stark, I said, Este sitio entrada la plaza. That's where the silver will be buried, here on Stark Island. So if you're ever wondering where Tony Stark got his money, that's how Tony Stark got his money. Because I had to pay for these to Stark Island to, you know, really, let me TLDR it for you. You know, no me importa. It doesn't matter if you understand. But basically... You know, I get everybody's hair blue, took the power away from the gods. They said, if you leave my nephew alone, I left that part out of the story. You know, I got to take your back, get your power back. And I did. And all was well with humans and the Greek and Roman gods from that day, from that day forward till five minutes later. All right. All right. So we're talking episode 59 of Metastas News. It starts off with Petto in a lab. And we've got some team testing going on. His uncles are there, Lydia's there, and they say, oh, 76%. Uh, and everyone literally does like a hooray moment. They're like, hooray, yeah, it was 76%. And there's a nice shot. I think the first shot is of uh, little trickles of uh, non-blue stuff coming out. And then the punchline here is after the hooray, Lydia's like, but it's not blue. And everyone's kind of debating about the lack of color and making excuses. And there's lots of discussions about shades of blue, azul aquamarine. And they beg, I don't understand my handwriting here, beg kind to petto. Lydia changed out. I don't understand that. They beg it, be kind to Petto. Oh, they're being kind to Petto. Oh, good job, Pity Petto. Good God job, Pity Petto. And then I think Lydia's like, all right, I'm out of here. I think that's what happened. Then Lydia's putting on lipstick. She's looking in the window of her car. And Petto comes over. He calls her Heffa. And she says, you know, uh... She says, I'm, I'm Lydia. You know, I go by Lydia. You don't go to call me Heffa. 
And I put, is he in love with her, double question mark, and he still seems worried about the quality and the color and he getting the profe to help. He says, oh, let's, can we get the profe over here to help me out? And Lydia seems to kind of use his intention, his attention over her, like his enthrallment to kind of get her, him on her side. And he had brought her tea. She's like, oh, she took a, sip, a couple sips of the tea. And then he, she drives away and he kind of drinks the tea that he brought for her and he almost treasures it. He savors it. Uh, and you say, this Petto is an odd young man, a very, very odd young man. Uh, then Walt calls Petto. He, he says, I got a job, you know, involves Jose, Jose, Jose Miguel. And we see Petto's drinking more tea, more of Lydia's tea. And uh, also uh, there's lipstick on the cup. And then Petto has this like crazy smile. And then the episode opens. And the title of the episode is Sindalore. And we see Gomez in an SUV. He pulls up uh, on Henry. Jose's in Henry's car. They talk about a plan. And Jose uh, with Walt and other cops about what to do. And it seems like Gomez does not like Jose at all. He goes up to Jose to kind of get a feel for his plan. He's like, oh, you got a plan? What's your plan, kid? And Jose's pretty confident and uh, even, like, smiles, but they need money. It's about La Plata. And then we see Henry's house, and Gomez brings some supplies. Uh, I noticed Henry was wearing his, uh, his like, a geometric square black and gray shirt. But he looked a little bit more sharp, maybe because he was in a good mood. And then Henry messes with Jose as he kind of drinks uh, and listens to stuff on his uh, headphones. They seem to be like, uh, they, and they talked about the human brain and plasticity. And then they talked about it. They went to the safe house, uh, Gomez and Henry. And the mouth breather's there from Saul's office. And he's kind of playing tough guy. He's not taking no for an answer. And Henry kind of goes in with Gomez. He tries to get him to talk, and then Henry talks uh, to Walter, or talks about Walter to oh, to the uh, to the tough guy. And he lays out some sort of case, and then he talks about Saul the lawyer, and then Jose Miguel. He says, "Jose, did you did you know what did you hear about what uh, Jose Miguel?" And the guy still won't talk. Uh, and Henry keeps kind of baiting him. And then he says, you know, uh, Jose Miguel went to live with Mario. Go, Mario. And then Gomez, they kind of go back and they work him as a tag team. They say, oh, what about this, man? What What are you thinking? What do you think about uh, Jose living with Mario? And then they were like, do you know where Walt's money is? Uh but he's like, I don't know, really, I have no idea. And they say, well, how much money did Walt have? He's like, so much. Walt had so much money, so much money, tons and tons and tons of blue barrels full of money. 
And this gets Henry's attention. Uh, This episode should have been called Azul because it's about blue stuff, but it gets Henry's attention. Then he tells them, like, like either where or how much. He gives them some sort of information that is useful. And Henry gives him his phone to call Walter to think about something, and then they just leave him there. Then we see Walt's meeting with Petto's uncles. And this was interesting. Petto was sitting in the background on a couch, uh, like eating or something. He, you know, he was like a secondary, tertiary character. But it kind of, like his posture was very slumped, and it looked like he was kind of waiting to be, like, called on, a, like, a first date or something. Like, he was waiting to talk to the dad on his first date of his date. And then Walt wants, like, Jose to go live with Mario, too, so he tells these guys. And he says, money's no object, but they say, we don't want money. We want your time. We want you to come teach us your cooking methods. And he said, no, 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 money. And then Walt says, no, 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 they want, they're like, we want you to, you know, uh, tutor us. And then Walt says, okay, only one cook. I'll only help you with one cook. And they say, deal. And they say, deal. Uh, Then next thing you know, Walt's knocking on Andrea's door. And Byron's there eating breakfast. And it's pretty clear Byron does not like Walt. She invites him in and Walt says, hey, I'm worried about Jose. Have you seen him or any way you could get a hold of him? Uh, he's in a lot of trouble, and uh, she's like, yeah, I think I have a number to get a hold of him. And then Walt's like, no, 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 call this number. I got a better number. Call this number on my phone. And he, he says, make sure to tell him I'm over here, which was pretty shady, you know. And then Walt goes to leave, and Byron won't even say goodbye to Walt. Walt gets in his car. He sees Petto's uncles nearby. Walt calls him up. He says, hey, what's up? Uh, Jose should be there soon. Then Henry pulls up in a Jeep uh, to his house. He checks his phone, and it's Walt's messages from Andrea to Jose. He's got Jose's phone. And he says something to himself. And then he also had a new shirt on. I said, he already changed his shirt. That's That's interesting wasn't interesting for me to write down what shirt it was in my notes, though. Goes into the house. Gomez and Jose are like, what's up, dude? And Henry's like, nope, no luck with the last part of our clue. Then Henry has an idea. He gets an idea. Then we see the car wash, and Junior and Mom are working side by side, which was cute. And Mom's kind of teaching him the business, and Walt's working on air fresheners, of course, because he's obsessive, obsessed about organizing the business as air fresheners. And Saul shows up for a car wash, and Junior's all impressed. He's like, you're the Saul uh, Goodman from TV, or Saul Bueno, TV lawyer, abogado. And uh, Saul must be there to pass the secret to Walt, so he wa- Walt walks up to him and they talk by his car, and Walt checks him for a wire. Cielo watches them from afar. 
And Walt talks about Jose with Saul. Ciel still watches. And Walt returns as uh, Saul leaves. And she says she wants to know, is it all taken care of? And Walt checks his phone, and it's uh, like a photo of Walt's money. He gets a text picture of a phone, of a picture of his money. And it's from Jose, who calls right after. And he says, dude, you're, you, you know, you're toast. You and your money are toast. I have your money, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of your money. And Walt's freak, so he starts driving a little bit too fast for my comfort. And he's begging Jose. He's saying, this money's for my family. Please don't mess with my money. Uh, Jose kind of goes back at Walt. Uh, and then Walt goes back to begging. He says, this is for my kids, you know. And he's driving, and he drives up into the spot, into the mountains. You're in the hills above the city, and then he calls again, Jose. He gets out of his car. He kind of takes his battery out of his cell phone and looks around. He's a little bit paranoid, uh, looking for his money or if they, if Jose has his money somewhere. And then uh, Henry's car slowly drives up the hill. And Walt tries to think fast. He's trying to think fast. He fixes his cell. He runs off. He hides. He calls Peto's crew. He says, get moving. I'm in trouble up here. Uh, then he tries to cancel it. But then Jose gets out of the car. They call Walt. They say, hey, Walt, come down from your hiding spot. We see your car's here. And then Henry says, hey, why don't you just come back with us? We'll do a little interview. We'll do it, you know, and, and we'll see what we can do for you. And him and Gomez are ready to escort Walt back to the city. And, you know, they're going to put some bracelets on him, like a, what are those called? Friendship bracelets for him that they've woven. And then those bells toll, which have crossed both American and the Colombian version. And so the bells toll. And looks are exchanged between everybody as those uh, metaphorical bells toll. And Henry shows Walt something on his phone. He says, look at this. This is your money. You've been played. It's not really your money. But we'll find your money for sure. And then Walt stares at Jose. And then Henry kind of tells Walt the deal. Then Jose chimes in. The whole time Gomez is kind of watching, like, as a third party, like, just taking everything in. Then Henry talks to Jose, who's breathing. No, Henry's talking to Walt. Jose's in the background kind of breathing and staring. And then Henry even uses the professional term, Agent Gomez. And he says, would you like to take the things? And then he says, no, Henry, read Walt's rights. Uh, then Jose kind of spits. Walt gets really mad. They they say, hey, let's everybody get in their cars and take a, take a time out and cool down. And Henry's like so happy. He calls Maria. She answers. I noticed her nails were light purple. They looked great. And he says, hey, hon, it's me calling to tell you the good news. Uh, Walt's in, you know, we're bringing it in. And he's very giggly. Henry's giggly. He's like, so happy. And then even after he tells Maria, he starts to cry with joy. It was kind of a beautiful moment. 
I did, I did put double question mark because I couldn't tell if it was joy or stress he was crying from. And then he says, Te amo, you know, hey, my love. And then Henry uh, hangs up. He's so, still so happy. And Walt's in the car thinking. He's saying, Jesus, what am I going to do? And that's when Petto and his guys pull up. And Walt says, no, 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 guys, we don't need we don't need your help anymore. I'm just going to go with Henry. Uh, and then it's like kind of like one of those standoffs, like in a movie, where everybody's like, well, what should we do next? And they say, well, what do you want to do now? Everyone says, I don't know. What do you want to do? And they say, well, I don't know. They say, should we get lunch or should we go do something different? They say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we should do. And Jose's worried, so he gets out of the car. Then it's a little bit like an 80s TV show with the action, very A-team. Or like I said, well, that's not possible. And then that's it. The episode slowly comes to a close. And we'll have to wonder, well, will they get lunch or will they go drive go-karts or something? Uh, All right. All right, so we're talking season five, episode 13 here. And it actually took a while to pay off what the episode title was about, and I don't know if I can pronounce this, but two Hejali, 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 which just is like a kind of feels like some sort of spiritual connotation, but it's a place in the desert where Walt's money's hidden. Spoiler. And the episode comes opens with the shadow of the goo coming out the the uh you know pre, pre, before it's frozen and Todd's it, like uh, they're at a lab Todd's there. Uh, they have a discussion about masks because Todd's pro mask. He says, you know, this one, Mister White says uh, fumes are good to breathe, Uncle Jack. And then they have this great discussion. It's Lydia, Uncle Jack, the other guy, and Todd. And uh, they're worried about the purity and the color blue. Like, Lydia's like, where's the blue? They're like, what? She's like, the blue color. She's like, is it coming later? Because it's coming out clear. Is, am, I, am I correct uh, that this should be? And then they're like, oh, it's 76% purity. There's some good news. Uh, but Lydia's not impressed. They're like, well, we beat the other guy, the guy that looked like Wolverine. And Lydia says, yeah, it's marginally improved. Congratulations, Todd. But blue is our brand, and that's what the buyers are paying for. Uh, she goes, so maybe the purity we could slide a little bit, but if it's not blue, it's not going to work, uh, period. And then Uncle Jack says, well, to my eye, it's kind of blue. And they're like, yeah, a little bit bluish. It's bluish. Todd, what do you think? And Todd's like, if he, if he catches the light just right, it's just how can you put comedy, there's such good comedy in here. How do they do it? Breaking Bad, uh, I mean, I guess they did win all the awards. Uh, but they're able to just get so many funny things in here. <laughs> Catches the light just right. I can see how there's a touch of blue, blue, green in there. And then the other uncle says aquamarine. And they're like, well, we'll just use food coloring. Don't worry about it. 
And I also noticed Todd was really giving Lydia a long look. Uh, and then they say, okay, let's make some money. Oh, and there's funny jokes from the uncle, the uncle's sidekick or whatever, about farm-raised salmon and the, the, how pink it is and flamingo pink. He's kind of a comic relief character just in what he says and uh, not in his uh, behavior. He says, it sure doesn't come out of the ocean, that pink. And then the other uncle's like, okay, let's make some money. Then we have Lydia, she's looking in a mirror, and she's putting her face on or whatever they say. And Todd comes, he brings her some tea. He says, here you go, Miss Quail. She says, Lydia, thanks. And he says, is the tea like you like it? Because I made it just like you asked. And she's like, mm, yeah, it's fine. She goes, well, it's, he's like, Todd's like, trying to please. He's like, is it too weak? I can fix it. You know, I can make it better. And sorry about the color with the mess. You know, he goes, I think I messed it. I overcooked it. And she's like, "You so you burned it like a cake. And he goes, yeah, I guess sort of. But he goes, I can think, I can fix that. So, and, and I can I can keep improving. And Todd even kind of has a point. He's saying, no, I'm getting a little bit better each time. And Lydia says, I appreciate you making every possible effort because, you know, as my as we've stated, the buyers expect a continuity, a certain threshold. And Todd's like, totally, but I could totally get my uncle. Also, if they're not nice to you, you know, I could have my uncle talk to them. And Lydia says, I'll pass. You know, I have a lot of faith in your abilities, Todd. I believe in you. Please do make the cook better. But she says it in such a great way. It's very important to me. Oh, also, that when he gave her the tea, it was in a These Colors Don't Run mug. Uh, let's see. Todd, I believe in you. Then Lydia leaves. And Todd looks at the lipstick on her mug. Uh, blinded, but Todd has a blinded by science ringtone. That was awesome. You know, is, it, is that foreshadowing or just, you know, the subtext or just pure, pure gold? And then uh, Wallet calls. He says, hey, Todd, let's have a meeting. It's about Jesse Pinkman. And Todd says, you got it. Uh, also, Todd calls him Mr. White, too. And he says, you got it. Uh, what happens next? Uh Oh, Todd drinks from the tea, right on the lipstick. And then we hear thunder, but there's a blue sky. We hear the sound of thunder. And Hank's pacing under an underpass. Under an underpass, or he's pacing under an overpass. I guess he's in an underpass, which he's pacing under an overpass. And Steve shows up. He's like, what are we going to do now? And Hank's like, the kid's got a plan. And Jesse's like, here's the plan. We get Walt's money. And I say, okay. So then Hank makes a mess back at the house. Uh, as they talk about the plan, kind of. And then we have Huel and Hank and Steve meet. And uh, they talk about Walt's, eventually they start talking about Walt's seven barrels of money. It comes out as they do grill Huel. 
And Hank makes Huel think that he's out to, you know, keep Huel all good. He's like, I'm on the case, Huel. Don't worry. Uh, then we have Walt, Walt and Todd's uncle's meeting talking about rat patrol. And then they talk about, uh, Walt says, you know, Jesse's not happy with me. They said, well, how mad is he? Like Hulk level mad? Rambo, James Bond, is he is he on that level? And they say, why can't, Walt says, well, Jesse's family, uh, and he kind of talks about uh, taking care of Jesse. Then he says, well, how are we going to pay for all this? And they say, well, we don't want money. We want you to tutor Todd. Tutoring Todd. Uh, tutoring Todd. And Walt says, I'll do one cook after the job is done. And Walt and Uncle shake on it. And they even say, the Uncle Stephen says, don't skimp on family. And they say, well, where is he? He says, I don't know where he is, but I do know how to flush him out. And the next thing we see is Brock eating Fruit Loops uh, with a green cup. Uh, what does that say? Oh, string cheese. Uh, Andrea says, string cheese or yogurt squeezers? And he says, both. And then this is a nice painting. Again, the, the subtle brilliance of the show in this little tiny scene. He, he says both, and she goes, uh, did you not hear what I said? And then, but this was a parenting tip, like whatever, I don't know what they call it in psychology, but he says, uh, oh, yes, both, please, like that she's trying to teach him manners. I just like that. I, I don't think it would work at my house. But then Walt rolls in, he's like, what's up, Brock? And Brock ignores him because he's a smart kid. And Walt says, hey, Andrea, I'm just looking for Jesse. You know, we want to give him a hug. Uh, I can't find him. She's like, well, I'm kind of rushing, trying to get better, you know. And Walt says, oh, no problem. So if you heard from Jesse, you know, aren't you, you know, don't you want to give him a hug too? He won't call me back. He's a little upset with me, but you know how it is. And uh, she says, what about Saul? He goes, oh, I tried. He doesn't, you know, better call Saul that guy. Holy mackerel. And she, he puts Plant's idea in her head. And then she says, well, if he's, you know, if he won't talk to you, maybe he'll talk to me. I'll give him a call. And he says, oh, do you have his new number? And she says, oh. So she calls and she leaves him a voicemail, which sets, uh, which Walt thinks will set Jesse so Walt leaves satisfied. Then Hank has Jesse's Hello Kitty phone, so he gets Andrea's voicemail, not Jesse. And we see Hank deletes the message. And then we find out there is no GPS on the money truck that Walt had the money on, so the game over. But they don't give up. Jesse and Hank won't give up, so Hank has an idea. He says, well, Walt doesn't know that. Then we have Junior and Mom to work in the cash register. Junior's in a jean jacket. And they're talking about how important it is to say, have an A1 day. Skyler says it reinforces our brand. And Junior wants to go home. Then Saul comes in. He was just sharper here. He had a pink, uh, pink shirt, gray suit, blue tie. Uh, tie had green frogs on it. And Junior's totally starstruck, uh, and he says, geez, you don't look so great. He goes, oh, occupational hazard, kid. 
And, you know, Odenkirk's great here, but then he also wants his caddy very clean. Malik goes, what are you doing here? He goes, well, Huel's gone. Don't you think it's a reason to be concerned? Walt says no, and then he so says Jesse is not as dumb as you think, Walt. And Walt Watt looks over at Junior and Skyler at the cash register, and then Saul takes off, and the text of the barrel of money comes in, and Jesse calls, and he says, "Hey, Walt, I got your money, and I'm gonna get rid of it." Uh, so we kiss you goodbye, and Walt says, no, Jesse, please, please listen to me. And Jesse says, no, listen to me. And then I thought this was interesting. I don't know if this was Hank who's recording it, but Jesse gets Hank to, or Walt to admit everything. Uh, you know, because Jesse's like, Walt's just like, please, the money's for my kids. And Jesse says, don't talk to me about kids, you jerk. And Walt says, I'm sorry, yeah, I did all this stuff, but it was for you and my family, Jesse, not for anybody else. Uh, you know, it's because I'm a confused parent. And then he says, where, you know, where are you? Jesse says, you better get up here so we can talk. And Walt says, don't. And Jesse says, if you hang up, and then the phone loses connection. And Walt gets into the high desert to Hawaii or whatever, he, he, the name of the episode. And he calls, uh, he calls uh, just Todd's crew, looks around, takes a battery out of his phone. Or maybe, no, he took a battery out later. Because then he realizes no one's there, so he's mad that he was almost busted. He coughs, he climbs up, then he sees a car, and then he goes, no, 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 no. Then he calls for Todd's backup, and he hides, because he says, Jesse's coming with some backup. And he says, uh, he uses the lotto ticket. He just says, come to the lotto, you know, come to this GPS coordination, coordinates. Then he sees that tank and Steve, he says, oh, forget it. Uh, don't worry about it. And then Hank says, Walt, come on down, man. It's over. And there's a close-up on Walt's uh, face as he closes his eyes. And a tear kind of goes out and it says, it's over, come on. And then there's shots of the desert and Hank. And he's saying, Walt, Walt, it's echoing in the desert, come on out. And then Walt comes out and they're like, we got him, you know, put put him up, uh, put him up slow, out and up slow. And Hank places him under arrest and Jesse grins and breathes like it's almost over now. Steve pats Walt down. Hank shows Walt a picture of the fake money. And Jesse remembers, he goes, this is the first place we ever cooked. What an irony. And then Hank reads him his rights, and Walt has this funny look on his face. And he stares at Jesse, calls Jesse a coward. Jesse says, you're a jerk. And then they get everybody in the car, so you're ready to get ready to leave. Then Steve and Hank share a moment, like a nice moment. Uh, then Hank calls Marie. She says, what is this in our garbage? And he laughs. And Hank says, I got him. You want me to wave to him for you? And Marie says, you did it. I love you. And then cars come, and then Todd screws there. And they're like, are you really police? Let's see some badges. And then there's like this A-team kind of standoff from the 80s. And the episode closes. I want to thank some people on Twitter. Ken W. Thanks and good night, Lynette. Thanks and good night.
uh, Karen and Georgia, good night. Uh, Nug, good night. Jennifer C., thanks and good night. Uh, Jonathan M., thanks and good night. Vanessa Nocturne, thanks and good night. Emily G., thank you and good night. Uh, Dan and save it for the show. And Eddie, thanks and good night. Kit D., thanks and good night. Caitlin E., thank you and good night. Tavy rhymes with graveyard. Thanks and good night. Uh, Spacer, good friend Spacer. Thanks and good night. Steve W. Thanks and good night. Chris H. Thanks and good night. Back of the net, everybody. Thanks and good night. Jenna F. Thank you and good night. Uh, Caitlin Cat. Thanks and good night. Uh, Medio, thanks and good night. JJL, the Fracker, thanks and good night. Kim H, thanks and good night. Shout out to Starley, thanks and good night. Uh, Sue42, thanks and good night. Alexandra S, thanks and good night. Uh, Camila B, thanks and good night. Uh, Babs, be like Babs, thanks and good night. Uh, Jelly Syke, thanks and good night. Nathan, thanks and good night. Carla May, thanks and good night. Brittany L, thanks and good night. Sampler Show, thanks and good night. Lori S, thanks and good night. Sleep Phones, thanks and good night. Ellen Woody, thank you and good night. Com.com, thanks and good night. Sarah B, thank you and good night. Sharon B, thank you and good night. Bear Trap uh, Fitness, thanks and good night. Our Horse Horseman, thank you and good night. Uh, Morgan M, thanks and good night. Steve B, thank you for that great article and good night. Nate O, Nate O, thank you and good night. Becky Texas Beck, thank you and good night. Sarah B, thank you and good night. Go Waller, thank you and good night. Eric T, thank you. Thanks, Laura J, thank you and good night. Mary Beth, thank you and good night. Miss Black, thank you and good night. Andre W, thank you and good night. Jennifer L, thank you and good night. Yasila, yes, 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 Yalisa, Jalisa, Jalisa X, good thanks and good night. Teresa, thank you and good night. Uh, Bradley K, thank you and good night. Odin Sworn, thank you and good night. Serata six twenty, thank you and good night. Hannah, Hannah E, thank you and good night so much. Uh, Lisa M, thank you and good night. Uh, that meat lover, thank you and good night. Roberta W, thanks for that great thing. Thank you. Uh, the Dez, thank you and good night. Andy V, thank you and good night. Uh, 10F10, thank you and good night. Uh, T Jazz, thank you and good night. Uh, Jeff S, thank you and good night. Lisa S P, thank you and good night. Emily Z, thank you and good night. Emily W, thank you and good night. 
Uh, Kay, thank you and good night. It's Carrie from Ecotextual, thank you and good night. Ryan, thank you and good night. Haley S., thank you and good night. Claire, thank you and good night. Lydia P., thank you and good night. Posty Posterson, thank you and good night. Adrian F., thank you and good night. Jessica P., thank you and good night. Megan C., thank you and good night. Kim L., thank you and good night. Katie C., thank you so much and good night. Shevin, thank you and good night. Uh, Bassie World, thank you and good night. Sarah R., thank you and good night. And Nolly and NM, thanks and good night, everybody.